0: Welcome to la casa de Dios. Amen. Bienvenido. Um, How do you say hi in French? Bonjour, bonjour. How do you say hi in Creole? Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. How about in Chinese, anyone know? Ni hao, ni hao, ni hao, ni hao, ni hao. I love it. Come on, we are multicultural in here, right? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, you guys like our new, our new, uh, our new set? Anyone like our new set? <laughs> we had a lot of hands um, really take part and help out, you know, because honestly, it took a, a few weeks, a few weeks to get this done. And then all of a sudden the flood, floodgates opened yesterday and they made this happen. Glory to God, man. That's pretty awesome what God puts together. When people come together in unity as one, they could do anything. And here, when we come together in unity as one, we could do anything. There is no world we can't conquer. There's no situation that we can't overcome. God can do all things through his people. Amen. Come on, amen? amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so we got a really an intense word today. And I hope you all receive it. It's something that we all really need to take part in. And if you can, let's go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I'm gonna move up a little bit now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Psalm 23. I hope everybody had a great week. I hope everyone's ready for an amazing week that's going to start right after service. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You know, something that that we all need, something that we all need to do. And it's really just one word that we're gonna focus on today. And that one word is forgiveness, forgiveness. Forgiveness is the light and root of everything. Forgiveness allows God to flow, allows Him to do things that normally would not happen. Forgiveness allows Him to enter into a situation and enter into somebody's life and enter into, you know, just, just the world and allows him to kind of maneuver and do what he wants to do. When forgiveness comes and when forgiveness is allowed to live in God's people, forgiveness. A lot of people are not so quick to forgive. We're quick to hold judgment. We're quick to hold anger. We're quick to hold things in, but we're not quick to forgive. We're not quick to say, you know what, it's okay. You did me wrong. You know it's okay. You you messed me up. You know it's okay. You know it. it, uh, it we're, we're not so quick to say just let it go. We're quick to hold it in. We're quick to 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 allow it to affect our lives. We're quick to be tight lipped or to allow our anger to arise or allow us to say something that we should not be have said previously. It allows us to move in ways that you know. It, and do things, you know, that uh, we can, wish we could take back forgiveness. It's something that Jesus had, something that Jesus let in. Because when Jesus was here, He knew what was going to happen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity knew what was going to happen. They knew what was going to go on since the beginning of time. They knew that things were going to happen, in order for Jesus' people, in order for God's people, in order for the men and women of God to be released from their sin, there had to be a death, there had to be a sacrifice. And they knew, plotting and planning, knowing throughout the entire Old Testament, knowing that there was going to come a day where God says, listen, my son, my boy, my little, my, my angel, I have to send you. I have to send you to my people. I have to send you to be a sacrifice to them so they could finally be released from their sins, from their wicked ways, from the ways that they've been going down, from the things that they've been doing, to the stuff that they've been holding in. In order for them to get released from their sins, I need you to be sent to be a sacrifice. But you're only gonna be down there for just a short amount of time because I'm gonna call you up. But in order for me to call you up, you gotta go through something. You gotta go through some pain. You got to go through some, some, some backbiting. You have to go through some people hating you. You have to go through something, you know, there were people, they don't like you. You're going to get spat at. You're going to be cast cast judgment is going to be upon you. They're going to look at you sideways. They're going to think so much craziness about you. They're going to say things about you. And listen, they're going to do all of this. But remember, they are Our children, they're the ones that we love, they're the ones that mean so much to each and every one of us, but you got to go through something. So Jesus enters this world, born by Mary and Joseph, enters this world into this crazy sinful place. As he grows up, becomes this Jesus, 30 years old, all of a sudden he becomes Jesus that we know that's doing miracles. He knew that he had to have 12 disciples, and then one of those disciples had to be a deceiver, had to be someone that 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 saw things a little differently, had to be someone that was going to plot and plan against him. But yet Jesus brought this person in. He brought Judas in and said, Judas, you, gotta, you, gotta, you have to be a part of my life, because if you're not a part of my life, I cannot be the man that I was meant to be. I cannot be the redeemer that I am meant to be. So I need Judas in my life. And of course, Judas, listen, I'm gonna love you no matter what, but I know you're gonna deceive me. I know you're gonna mess me up. I know you're gonna kiss me. And I know the Sanhedrin, these Romans are gonna come and get me and lock me up. And I'm gonna get get beaten and beaten to a pulp. But Judas, I need you in my life. Because without Judas being in Jesus' life, there would not have been the Redeemer of the world as we know. There would not have been all of us here together in unison. Not have been there. forgiveness. There's a whipping that Jesus went through. Listen, and any person that would go through the whipping, the whooping, because you know, I'm from my, my family's from the south. You get whooped. You get whipped. You get whooped. You know. So, so my, my dad's like, you better chill out. I'm going to lay something on you, you know? So, but he would give us a whooping and this whooping, you know, it wasn't till death, you know, it felt like it was to death. And he would get whooped and they feel like, my God, Jesus, I feel like I'm going to die right now. You know, that's, you know, that's the way it felt. But the next moment I was living, I was good. But some of these people who would go through these whoopings, they wouldn't live because what was on this whip was was broken pieces and things that would tug at your skin and rip it off. And some people, when they would go through this, they wouldn't live because it would hit an artery and they would just die right there. But that wasn't God's plan. God made Jesus a little different. He made Jesus be able to withstand so much. So when that pain, that thing happened, he was able still to stand up and to live. But knowing that you were going to die, but you're dying for a reason. So him going through all of this pain, all of this anguish was for a reason, ladies and gentlemen, was for a reason. He died for a reason. The pain happened for a reason. It all went on for a reason. And then Jesus hangs on the cross. He breathes his last breath and he dies. It's over, it's done with, it's finished. The Romans, this, these, these priests that were there looked, says, ah, oh, it's done. We've done the deed, it's finished then all of a sudden they, 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 they think it's done, they think it's finished, and then a rumbling happens, the earth splits, the veil and the temple rips, and all of a sudden this shaking happens. But people thought it was done, people thought it was over. People thought, oh my God, this Jesus is done, people, the, the Romans turned away, these priests turned away. They thought it was finished. It wasn't finished. It was only the beginning. It was the only beginning for Jesus' life. It was only the beginning for our lives. It was only the beginning for, for the forgiveness that we needed to have, for the forgiveness that we need to take on. Psalm 23. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Your cup runs over, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. This is for us. These scriptures are for us. Let's go back to the first one. These scriptures are for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in what? Green pastures. He leads me beside what? Still waters. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes my waters ain't still. I got turbulence going on. It feels like high tide in my life. Right? High tide. You know, you see surfers come out, like, wow, we about to ride this wave, (laughs) let's go. And I'm like, I need this stuff to calm down. I need this stuff to chill. But it happens when we allow God to move and do what He wants to do. But He can't move and do what He wants to do if we do not do one thing, and that is to let Him come in. Let Him do what He wants let go. Anyone ever hear this? Let go and let what? Let God. Let go and let God. Forgiveness. In order to forgive, you got to do what? Let go. You got to let go. If you don't let go, you don't let God do what he wants to do. If you don't let go of the grudge, if you don't let go of that thing that someone did, if you don't let go of what wrong happened to you, you can't let God in. You can't let God do what he wants to do. You can't let God put you beside the still waters. You can't let God bring you to the green pastures that were supposed to happen for your life. You can't let God do that if you don't let go. You gotta let go. Someone did you wrong, you gotta let it go. Someone messed you over, you gotta let it go. Someone owes you five bucks, my God, say, here, take 10. Let go and let God happen. But you can't let God happen if you don't let go. You can't let God do something amazing in your life. You can't let God bring you by the green pastures. You can't let God bring you by the still waters. I know some of y'all, y'all don't have still waters in your life at this present moment in time. I know it, but God wants to bring you there. In order for him to bring you there, you gotta let go. You gotta let God happen. And I know this is not the, rich prosperity message, you know, that we all expect to get when we get here. Oh my God, but you gotta see it through another lens. You can't see what God wants to do as a glass that's half empty. It's not that. It's not that. You need to look at it on the other end. Like God is about to pour inside of me. My glass is half full. I'm halfway to where I need to be. I'm not half empty. I'm not emptied out. I am filled up, ready for more, ready for God to do something more in my life, ready for God to do, pour his anointing inside of me. Let go and let God happen. Let him let go. Someone messed you up, Someone did you wrong. You got a brother, you got a sister. Everyone's got a brother that did them wrong. Everybody, everybody, you know, I, I got them. You know, we all have people that messed us up. Let it go. Because in order for Jesus to have gotten to where and who he was, he needed a Judas. You don't think God put a Judas in your life for a reason? That Judas makes you better. That Judas makes you stronger. That Judas makes you pray. That Judas makes you get on your knees. That Judas brings you closer to the Lord God Almighty. So you don't think that God put that Judas in your life for a reason. You don't think God put the Judas in your life in order for you to get closer to God. You would not have got closer and you will not get closer to God if you don't have someone that's challenging you. Someone who's contending with you. Someone who's messed you up. You are not allowing God to do what he wants you to do. If you don't let it in and say, God, do what you got to do. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not shying down. I'm not bowing down. I'm not running and cowering the other way because of what I'm going through, God. God, you know what? I'm going to get closer to you, Lord. I'm going to get closer to your anointing. I'm going to get closer to where I need to be. And that is with you, God. So I'm going to let these situations go. I'm going to let these people go. I'm going to let these grudges go. I'm going to let this thing go so I can let you in finally, Lord. And that's what God wants, forgiveness. God wants to start a new chapter in your life. But a lot of times you hold on to those few last pages, those few last things that you go through, those few last situations you're dealing with, you hold on to them, God's like, come on, I'm on the other page. There's newness about to happen for you and for your life. I want to bring you to the still waters, to the green pastures. I want to bring you to your your new life. But in order for me to bring you there, my God, turn the damn page. Turn it over. Turn what you're going through over. Turn yourself over. Turn yourself on to me. Forget about what you're going through. They messed you up. You're, you feel some sort of way. Tito You got a little, oh my God, oh my God. You got a little bit of emotion in you. Let the emotion go. Let it go. Let it go. Doesn't matter. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I understand. I've been there. I've been there. But let it go. God wants to do something better in your life. Amen? Amen. Listen, this life is yours. This world is yours. What God wants to do is yours. Listen, yesterday there was a fight. Everyone knows the fight that was going on, right? It was Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington, UFC fight. Let me me bring you guys into this world. It's UFC, Ultimate Fighting Championship, whatever. Basically bare knuckle knuckle, uh, uh, boxing, whatever you might have you. So all of a sudden, these two people, they weren't, They didn't grow up to be mortal enemies, they didn't grow up to be, you know, this one on that side of the country, that one on this side of the world. No, these two grew up to be brothers, 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 but all of a sudden, there's a schism that happened, there's a schism that went on, something happened between the two, we don't know what happened, but something happened between the two that they started butting heads. And then all of a sudden, they started going against each other. Two brothers should not be going against each other. It doesn't matter if you are from a different mother, you should not be going against each other. And what you should be doing is fighting for unity, fighting to be together, fighting to do and go to war together. That's what God wants. But they were going against against each other. And this is the world. The world wants you to be contending against each other. The world does not want you to be in unison. The world does not want you to be in unity. The world wants you to be fighting and separating each other. The devil knows, guys, the devil knows that if he separates you, he wins. He knows if he does not allow you to be in unity, my God, there's a movement that does not happen. There's an occurrence, there's a miracle that does not go on. He knows that. So he put something in between. Said, oh, they're gonna fight. Oh, let them have it. Oh, and you know what the devil was like in, in, in wherever he was looking at this fight going on, he's like, oh yeah. I have the world separated right now because of these two little boys. Masvidal Covington. Listen, the fight earned millions and millions of dollars. Their pockets were laced with money last night which is nice for them but how about the world how, what is the world looking into that situation it's good to fight against your brother it's good to contend with the people that are around you it's good to because it because it, it gives you a, a few little lumps in your pocket it's good it, that's that's what we want in life that's what we want to teach our children that's what we want our people to see that's what we want different races to see that if you fight against each other, that your pockets are gonna be great? That's what you. That's what needs to go on? No, no, the Bible says you have to fight for unity. The Bible says you need to forgive. The Bible says that one puts a thousand to fight, but two puts how many to fly? 10,000, 10,000, that's what the Bible says. God says you're, it's better to be together than to be separate. It's better to to forgive than to allow this thing that you have in your heart to take root and to take seed and to separate you from what God wants to do. Because God wants to do something in your life. There's a plan that God put forth before you were born. And this plan was not, didn't have in mind everything that, that you're going to contend with it, had in mind that you were, meant, you were meant for this, but the thing is, the enemy knows this also. He knows what you were meant for, but the enemy is like, I can't let him. I can't let her get here. I can't let her become who she, who God meant her to become. I need to get, get her as far off this boat, as far off this ship as possible. I cannot let her do that because I know what's gonna happen. I know what she's gonna do. I know what she's gonna complete. I know the life that she's gonna have. I know the people that are gonna be attached to her. I know the word that's gonna be upon her life. I know the things that are going to happen if she becomes this person. So I need to keep this person so far off the beat and track that they don't even see who they could be. That's the devil. That's the enemy. That's whatever might have you. God's trying to bring his people together. But forgiveness needs to lay root in our life. There's a story in John, John chapter 4. We're not going to go there, but John chapter 4 the woman at the well. This woman at the well, Jesus meets her at the well. His disciples go into town and get food, whatever might have you, and Jesus by himself at the well. Jesus knows what was going on. He knew he was gonna meet this woman at the well. This woman at the well was there, and all of a sudden she comes, and Jesus sees her and says, woman, please give me a drink of water. And he looks at her, he's like, don't you know who I am? I'm not one of you. How could you ask some water for me? And Jesus says to her, listen, if you would give me the water, you will not thirst again. You will not thirst again. And then all of a sudden this woman says, wait, I can't give you water. And Jesus says, listen, I know what you've been through. I know who you are. You might think that you're hiding. You may may think that you don't have something upon your life. You may think that you're you're good. I see through it all. I see what you've gone through. I see what you've done. I see it. We think we can hide from God. We can't hide from God. We We are living an invisible life, man. We're living a life that he sees right through you. It doesn't matter what front you put up, it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter how how great life seems to be going, it doesn't matter what seems to be going on, it doesn't matter what you say to your friends, how you look to your friends, how do you look to your colleagues at work. It does not matter. It doesn't matter, because God sees through it all. He sees through it all. So all of a sudden, Jesus is with her. He says, "Listen, you've had this, that, and the other in your life. You've been sleeping with this one, you sleep with that, one, you sleep with that. Could you imagine sitting there and Jesus is just reading your 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 your, your life off to you? You've been sleeping with this, one, you sleep with that, one, you sleep with that, and you're like, holy smokes! How does this man know that? He sees it all. Reads you like a book, like a nursery rhyme." my God. Then all of a sudden she's probably white as a ghost. What do I do? Listen, I'm not here to point out your sins. I'm here to forgive you because I know the power that's inside of you. I know what you can do. I know who you are. I know it. I know it. So this woman probably begins to cry and to weep. Jesus says, You're forgiven. You're my daughter. I love you. I love you. And then the next scripture, she's so happy that she has gotten this forgiveness. She's so blessed that the weight of the world is off her shoulders. She was going through life with so much weight, she was going through life, people looking at her people looking at her wrong people casting judgment upon her people looking down and spitting upon her She was living a lonely life. No one wanted to be around her And all of a sudden Jesus comes and meet her meet, meets her at the well Jesus is here And you can figure this is the well Jesus is meeting you right now and he knows your life in and out He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through. He knows your thought right this moment. He knows it. And He's meeting you right now where you're at. Son, daughter, I love you, and I want the best for you. I don't want you to feel the burdens of life upon you. I want you to know that I am here to be everything that you want me to be. You're forgiven, move on, be who I want you to be. Don't go through this life burdensome. I've taken the burdens off of you. I've taken the judgment of people off of you. I've taken your sins way. Go and be who you're called to be." And all of a sudden this woman heard all of this and she runs because she's now been forgiven. Those sins of the past aren't upon her life. The Savior, the God, the Christ, the Lord forgave her and she runs to the town and starts speaking of the forgiveness that she's gotten. Starts talking to people that she's never talked to before, saying that there's a Christ, that there is a God, that there is a Lord, that there is a savior to forgive you, that's going to love you through it all, that's not going to put up what you've been through and pin it up somewhere, he's going to take it away. And it never to be attached to your life again. So this woman goes into town and she gets the entire town saved, the entire town to believe in Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if she, if Jesus didn't meet her at the well, the people that she would talk to wouldn't have been talked to. The sins that people were were attached to people's lives, they would have been still attached to their life. The forgiveness, the burdens, the things that they were going through, they would have still been going through. But it took for this woman to say, I am forgiven. I am loved. I am appreciated. God has so much for me. My God. And she goes to a town to get some oil saved. Ladies and gentlemen, your sins, what you're holding on to, is not meant to hold you back anymore. You can figure, everyone stand up for a second. And I want you, and we're not done, I'm gonna actually sit back down because I have a few more minutes of preaching. But what you've gone through, what you suffered through, I want you to take off your shoulders at this particular moment in time. So literally, I want you to, this is gonna be a physical preaching at this present moment. Take whatever you've gone through and think about it. Whatever you're going through, the forgiveness that you haven't given, the things that you've been through, I want you literally to take it off of your shoulders at this present moment in time and put it on the floor. It's on the floor now, what I want you to do is put your foot up, and you're going to step on it. And now it's going to become a stepping stone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. So what you've gone through, what you've been through, it was only to get you to your next chapter in life. It was only to elevate you, amen, only to make you better, to bring you somewhere that you've never been before. God has greatness in store for each and every one of you. He has things in store for you that you don't even know about, that you can't even see, that you don't even realize, because sometimes we're so clouded with judgment, we're so clouded with things that we're going through that we can't see out of it all. We're just clouded. We can't see out of it all. But God's here to bring us through everything, through the cloudiness, through the pain, through the unforgiveness, through it all. God's bringing you through it all. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So let's go back to the scripture. So I need you, us all to understand. Verse two, he makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters. This is what he wants attached to your life. He doesn't want anything else attached to your life. He doesn't want you to go down to the bare pastures. He doesn't want you to go down to the desert-like pastures. He wants you to go down to the green, pastures and He's making you go in that direction. Sometimes we're so, we're, we're so hesitant to go in the direction that God wants us to go in because we don't know what it is. We don't know what it's like. We, we have never been there before. But God's like, I got you. I know where you're supposed to be. Allow me to take you there. Get out of your mind. Get out of what you've gone through. Get out of the things that are happening. Get out because I'm bringing you somewhere. Amen. So, verse three, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sakes. So when you understand that, when you understand that he's bringing you somewhere, when you understand that he is doing something in your life, you have a trust. God has established trust in you and trust in your life that you now trust him because in the next, part of your life, you have to trust Him. You have to believe Him. But if you don't understand where He wants to take you, you can't trust Him. Because God wants to take you somewhere great. God wants to take you somewhere that you've never been. God wants to take you to the green patches. God wants to take you beside the still waters. But in order to get there, the next scripture, Yeah, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, some of y'all are going to walk through the valley of the shadow. Not some of you, all of us. We are going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's only a shadow. It's not meant to be your purpose at all, it's only a shadow. It's not who you are, it's not what you are, and it, it might bear as to something, but that something is not you, that something is not your life. Uh, some of us take it on like, oh man, this is just woe is me, this is who I'm gonna be, this is what I'm gonna be, but it's not that, it's only a shadow, it's only a mere presence. This presence has nothing to do with the present that God wants to give you, has nothing to do with it though I walk through the valley of shadow. I will fear no evil. You need to understand that this is the way you need to be, that you cannot fear. There's no fear in God, there's only what? Faith. There's no fear in God, but there's what? That's it, faith, and faith alone. I will not be fearful. God's preparing you for something. God's bringing you somewhere. But in order for him to bring you somewhere, my God, you gotta get up and move. You gotta get up and shake those dry bones off. You gotta get up and shake the dustiness off. You gotta get up and start moving and start going and start doing things and not sit in your life and sit in your thinking and sit in what you're going through and sit in the pain and sit in You need to get up and go. I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is here. His rod is with you. His staff is with you. And I don't know about y'all, but any mention of a rod and a staff in the Bible means what? Power, it means power. So that means if your rod and your staff are with me, that means that what is in your life? Power, power, you have power in your life. You are not powerless, you are powerful. That's who you are. You have a power in your life. Know who you are. And this is why the Bible is so important. If you're not reading your Bible, you're not getting the power. If you're not reading the Bible, you're not letting God work on your life on a daily basis. If you're not reading the Bible, you aren't getting the fullness of God. You are you are you're missing. You're you're amiss at this particular point. It's like the game of horseshoe, right? You throw that horseshoe over there, and you, you you you're hoping you get it. You're hoping you get it. It's Just it lands to the left or lands to the right. If you're not reading your Bible, it'll always land to the left and to the right. It'll never be spot on. In order when you read your Bible. God, that horseshoe goes up and you could just walk away from it like Curry. God, you got me. God, you know what you're doing. If y'all don't know who Curry, who's Curry? Seth Curry. You know, one of the greatest, well, the greatest basketball three-point shooter ever. This is the way our God wants our life to be. God, whatever, whatever I throw, God, whatever I do, Whatever direction I go in, whatever business I start, whatever thing comes up in my life, God, when I throw it up and give it to you, Lord, I know when I walk away, I don't even have to look at it, Lord. I don't even have to worry about it, God. I don't even have to put my thoughts into it because I know you got me, Lord. God's got you, amen? Shoot, I feel the anointing of the Lord Jesus, come on. God's got you, ladies and gentlemen. You're not without, you, ha- you are with. You're not by yourself, you are with the power of God. You have God inside of you and He's with you and He ain't going anywhere. You might have been distress, but you ain't in distress anymore. There's a power that you have available to you. It's there and it's in you. Shoot. So when you feeling something, just shake it off. God, you got me. Some, something hits you that just crazy. It ain't staying on me. Some words, some people say, ain't coming on me, but you know who I am? I am a faith-filled Christian. I'm a fire-breathing Christian. I have the power of God inside of me. So you want to give me something, devil? Shake it on off, baby. It ain't, it ain't me, it ain't on me. It might be on somebody else, but it ain't on me. God's got greatness in store for you. Greatness in store for you. Greatness. Trust who He is. Trust what He has inside of you. Trust it. Know who you are. Listen, I know of someone. Years ago, I'm done. Years ago, she would not be this person who she is at this particular moment in time. If God didn't allow her to see something, allow her to see who she can be, took her away from the pain, to away from the anguish, to away from everything that was happening in her life, says, God, I'm gonna trust in you. I don't know the direction I'm supposed to go down. I don't know where I'm supposed to be but I know if I follow you, Lord, you got me, God. You have me. And I don't listen, God, but I know I need to get up and I need to go. I need to get up and I need to follow after you. I need to get up and I need to move. And that person is someone that's so dear to my life that I could not do life without her. And that's Pastor Rebecca. She's, amen. Pastor Bray, can you come here for a sec? No, she doesn't want me to call her up. Can you get her a mic, please? But without, listen to me, without this woman's guidance in my life, (laughs) without her saying, Quince, eh, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) But I just want her, just, where is she? Hey, babe, how you doing? (laughs) You look amazing. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I look away. (laughs) But I just want you just to say what God has done for you and how He's taken you away from things.
1: Something powerful, when I see rod and staff, I know that's power, but when I see rod and staff, I think of wood, which I think of the cross, and I think now there's power in in the cross. There's power in what he did for us, there's power when he died on the tree, and that power brings healing and restoration in your life, and that power nobody can rob from you no man, no circumstance, no law, no situation can stop the move of God in your life, can stop the hand of God in your life. No evil can try to come against you because of the rod, because of the staff, because of the power of Jesus. That there's power in his name. There's power in what he did for us. And you know, God has done so much in our life over the years, and has brought us to miracles where humans and laws and situations have tried to stop the hand of God. But when you're called by God, there's nothing that can stop your call. There's nothing that can stop the move of God in your life. So whatever you have going on, whatever walls you have, whatever no's you have, whatever situations you have, there is no no. The cross is too powerful the rod and the staff, it cancels. It cancels, no. It cancels defeat, it cancels sickness, it cancels bad relationships, it cancels sickness. That there's only power, power in his name. And there's been situations in our life when Things have tried to stop us, but God will not allow it. Jesus, when you accept him and you put him into your heart, Jesus will give you success. He'll give you fruit. He'll give you whatever you ask. There is no, no, because he's too powerful. He's way too powerful for a no.
0: Amen. Amen. So know who you are, no matter what, know who you are. Know what you need to do, because if you didn't understand and know, about today is that you have a task, you have homework, and that homework is to forgive, to let it sit in you, let it be in you, but actively do something about it. This is what God is asking you to do. And if it's not you, that's something th- that you need to forgive, my God, um, I'm sorry to say, but you need to forgive, okay? <laughs> Some of you are like, yo, well, he did me wrong. I don't, don't matter, <laughs> No matter. Forgive, forgive, forget, and move on. Because I believe when we see Jesus on that cross, I mean, when we see Jesus in heaven one day, he's not gonna play everything that we've asked for forgiveness on. We're gonna say, Jesus, I love you. And he's gonna like, just come, give me a hug. I'm here to love on you. He's not gonna play back the the drama that happened in our life because we gave it today. Give it to Him. Give Him it all. Don't hold it back. Don't hold it back. Don't allow it to take root and take hold of your life. God wants to do something incredible with you and incredible through you. Amen? Amen. 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 If you could all stand up.
2: Sky. I lift my hands up high where your love has fallen
0: Jesus. Father, thank you for moving heaven and earth for us, God. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for not ending us. Thank you for trusting us that we would find our way, that we would find the way. Father, thank you. You know our deepest thoughts, you know our deepest sins. Today we repent. Everybody in here, we repent. Forgive us, God, for the way that we were walking down wasn't the way that you wanted us to walk. Where you wanted us to go, God, we repent unto you, Jesus. Forgive us, Father. Today is our new chapter. Today is our new beginning. Today we are walking with you. Today, Father. Day, day God. Father, have your way. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, if you feel you need a, a just a touch from the Lord and you going through something, or whatever might have you, or you just you just, just, need a touch, just an extra touch, Pastor Bucky, please come. If you need just something, we're going to anoint you very quickly. If you need something, something's on your heart and it's just not removed at this particular moment in time just gonna anoint you with oil send you on your way but you're going on your way in power anointing breaks the yoke God is here to break the yoke in everybody's life, everybody here's no no respecter of man, respecter of race, respecter of creed, respecter of nationality we're all one people serving one God and that's it so if you need an extra touch, I'm asking to ask you just to come up really quick. She's going to just anoint you. Pastor Rebecca's going to anoint you.
1: Thank you for listening to Sunday Service. Please tune in every Monday for a message that is going to bless your life and the lives of those around you. Please follow us on all social media platforms at The Rock Church LI. God bless you and have a great day.